Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, folks. Welcome to Thanks for the Knowledge, Fanbytes Weekly News Show, rounding up the headlines and games and entertainment in one handy podcast. I'm your host, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren. We have a really lovely show for you today. I am, of course, going to get you ready for next week with game releases and maybe some picks for streaming. But to get us caught up with all the news headlines of the week, I sat down to talk to Bloomberg's own Jason Schreier about a ton of stuff that happened this week. So that is a great conversation. And we're going to start right there. My guest this week is a games reporter from Bloomberg, author and co-host of the Triple Click podcast over on Maximum Fun. Very pleased to have on the show today for the first time on a fanbite property. It's Jason Schreier. Hello, Jason. Hello, John. Thank you so much for having me. We've never had you on one of these before. We were joking earlier. Now we have to have you on every single show. Every uh, single one. Yeah, it's about time. I, the fanbite invasion begins now. Paul, please put that on the schedule that we need to have Jason on all six of our shows. Uh-huh. I don't know if Jason knows what he's getting into, but that's fine. <laughs> um, it's uh, yeah, it's awesome to have you. And when we um, when we scheduled you for the show, I really had maybe one or two things on my radar. But this week has been kind of insane for games news. It's been a busy week. Been it's, a busy week. It's been very busy. Um, I want to start with the thing that I wanted to to talk to you most about uh, at the beginning of the week, and it was, of course, the rumored and now officially announced uh, three tier split of the PlayStation Plus platform. Um, It's three tiers, essential, what is it? Essential, um, extra, and premium. I don't know. It's all all just kind of nonsense marketing. uh, Yeah, three tiers. That's all you need to know. Expensive, less expensive, (laughs) and cheapest. And what stood out to you about this announcement? I mean, there wasn't a lot of surprise here because y'all reported that this, pretty much exactly what they announced this week. But, But what stood out for you about them actually pulling the trigger? Actually, the thing that stood out to me was something that I haven't seen anybody talk about, which is they actually buried the lead, which is they have this list of games that included like Returnal, Spider-Man, um, I think God of War was on there, basically yeah. old old PlayStation, old big PlayStation exclusives that they're saying are going to be part of this thing at some point. And I think that that might be the really compelling service here. Otherwise, it's all, well, I, I guess classic games are pretty cool, but it's all a lot of um, what people could already get with PlayStation 
PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now. Um, the addition of like PS1 and PSP games is definitely new. But um, what I think is interesting is that they're really trying to, I think they recognize internally PlayStation Now as a big failure. Um, that was, of course, Sony's yeah. previous kind of streaming service. And they want to, A, take on Xbox Game Pass, and B, they want to rec- they want to like bolster that lineup and put some put some big games in there. And I think that's really interesting because I think that even if they're not going to do the Game Pass thing and put all their day one exclusives on there on or put not put all their exclusives on their day one, um, I think they still can offer a lot of value by offering stuff a few months later or a couple of years later. And that kind of solves a bunch of problems for them. It, it doesn't take away from their day one sales, which Sony is very reliant on. And also it makes this a pretty valuable service because if you can, if you, if you don't have a lot of money or if you are someone who doesn't care about playing games the second they come out, it can be a pretty good value for you to pay whatever it is, $16, $18 a month and get uh, Spider-Man 2 six months after it comes out or a year come after it comes out or something like that. So that to me will be the most compelling thing. And I'm very curious to see how that progresses and once they launch the service, what it looks like. Yeah, it feels like if they commit to some sort of timeline on like, okay, yeah, you can't get God of War Ragnarok on day one, but like six months later you can get it. I mean, that might kill some sales at the beginning, but like it would actually make the value prop of this thing pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. So some of the conversations I've been having with people internally at Sony, at Sony Studios specifically, PlayStation Studios, have been interesting because a lot of their, um, they have like different bonus payout structures. And one of them is one of their kind of regular bonus payout structures in addition to just like a shipping bonus that they get when they ship a game is profit is based on profit sharing. Mm. So a lot of them have been concerned and been like, wait a minute, if we're going to put, if our games go up on a service and suddenly they're not selling as many copies. Right. What does that mean for our bonuses? And I think that'll be an interesting, interesting question, an interesting thing to see if like Sony accounts for that. Um, but regardless, I think that's one of certainly one of the big reasons that uh, that they're not doing the day one thing is that they have a lot of uh, a lot of their employee perks are tied to um, selling a bazillion copies of the new God of War when it comes out. That that explains a lot, and and it also kind of explains Jim Ryan's. Uh, comments about this. He spoke to gamesindustry.biz and 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 you know made some other comments along the way. Um, pretty much saying that like you know a subscription model like Xbox Game Pass is a race to the bottom more or less. And and now he's kind of doing this. I, I guess the question I have for you is. This service does not compete apples to apples with Xbox Game Pass. It does not. But is perception kind of reality? Is that always going to be kind of co- the comparison for for Jim Ryan? And and how can he how can he transcend that comparison? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think they compete. They compete in the same sense that uh, a PC and Mac compete, right. or uh, an iPhone and Android compete. Like these are, they might be doing different things, but they're still competitors. Like right. you're not. Chances are very low that uh, a lot of people out there are going to be subscribing to both Xbox Game Pass and PlayStation Plus. Like sure. that, that does not seem unless you really have a lot of money and a lot of time on your hands. Yeah. Not a lot of people out there are going to be doing that. So it's really their competitors in that sense. Maybe they're not 
strict maybe maybe you don't have to choose them on a binary because maybe you've already chosen that like you're going to play mostly on playstation or you're going to play mostly on xbox in the first place but still they're competitors in that sense um but i also think if you're kind of like stacking them up next to each other xbox game pass right now is a way better deal from what we know of that yes keeping in mind we don't know what the library of playstation plus stuff is going to be um but the fact that you can get every single microsoft first party exclusive on day one is is pretty compelling Um, and also that's an additional like third party exclusives and then also Activision Blizzard stuff whenever that comes out and like Starfield on day one for for $10 a month that's pretty pretty compelling Um, that said uh, as of right now Microsoft still doesn't have the the kind of like drop everything and talk about this like type of exclusive release schedule like they haven't really they've bought a lot of studios and they've done a lot of work to like built up their first party stable but they really haven't they haven't quite hit that level of playstation studios where it's like new god of war this is all everything's everyone's going to be talking about for a week um and they've got some great games psychonauts 2 was was definitely one of last year's best games yeah um age of empires 4 has been getting a lot of rave reviews and it's nice to see them bringing back the rts but so far other than halo infinite which had some issues and certainly is a story of its own yeah. microsoft has not had the big like drop everything we have to talk about this this is going to dominate the headlines for for right. a month type of game um and i think if if they did it would be another story but at this point sony might look at it like look okay you can't really compete with us on these big exclusives so maybe it's okay if we release them a little bit later on this service and we still dominate that and then we get the most of bo- the best of both worlds where we have our subscription payers and we also have people buying the game on day one and yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be uh, uh, very, I'm very curious to see if they can get even close to hitting Xbox Game Pass's numbers with PlayStation Plus. Yeah, I'll be super curious about that too. I also, I just a footnote of the story, it is it remains to be one of the funniest things in the world to me that uh, they have not figured out. Uh, PS3 emulation and have absolutely no interest <laughs> in doing so. It seems like um, that cell cell processor. Cell processor. It's just too hard. They built something too too impossible to emulate. Um, very funny. Yeah, you can only get PS3 games via cloud streaming. Their cloud streaming service leaves a little bit to be desired. Uh, IMO. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how popular that is. Yeah, I, I that to me that whole like PS one, PS two, PS three, PSP yeah. thing, it, it just feels like kind of a tacked on it does. type of strange strange strategy. It's like they looked at Nintendo Nintendo's online service and they're like, hey, we should do that. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. We don't know anything about like what the library will be no, like or what the, what kind of features they'll have. And if if this is kind of a half ass thing, like what Nintendo has, frankly, where you can't even you can't like fast forward, you can't right. do a ton of stuff that emulators can do, then it's like, what's the point even? But yeah. we'll see. Yeah, we will see um yeah so that was one of the big stories this week another story that dropped on tuesday morning as well not really surprising anybody in the games media space but it's still worth talking about the delay of breath of the wild sequel to spring 2023 uh, jason this was not a big surprise no i don't think anyone was surprised in <laughs> fact in the press release that nintendo put out last summer uh e3 of 2021 when they uh like kind of re-revealed the game or at least said it was coming in 2022 the press release said 
the Breath of the Wild sequel is aiming for release <laughs> in 2022, right. which I think anyone read, anyone who, who who has has kind of a sense of how these things go, read that as, oh, okay, it's going to be out in 2023. Yeah. Um, and Zelda games are always delayed, so this is not a shocker at all. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are always delayed, and I, I feel like a, a massive contingent of the game's audience um, just completely forgets that every single time. But um, yeah. Uh, one, I'll put you on the spot. My part, part of my big conspiracy theory here, and I don't even know if it's a conspiracy theory at this point. Um, the, the, the switch pro, I mean, these things are connected in my mind. Um, do you have any inkling that, that we are, we're going to see a switch pro by the time, uh, breath of the wild two launches and are those, (laughs) are those launches connected? Do you think? It's funny. I feel I feel like Charlie Brown with the football with the Switch Pro. I, um, yeah, I do too. I feel I, I feel like it's a big lie that Nintendo has just perpetuated for what 18, uh-huh. 24 months uh-huh. now. It's but, so yeah. funny. Well, Nintendo has denied it every time. I they, know they've shut it down. So okay, so Bloomberg is the source of a lot of this stuff, yeah. but it's not me. It's my colleagues sure. at Bloomberg and my colleagues at Bloomberg, who are excellent reporters and who I absolutely trust, have said that essentially what happened was they Nintendo was planning on doing the Switch a proper Switch Pro with a 4K output last year um, with an LED screen, um, but the chip shortage forced them yeah. to change their plans, and essentially they said, okay, we're just doing the OLED screen because we can't get the proper parts that we need to ship the Switch Pro this year. Um, And there is other evidence to support that. For example, um, I believe, uh, don't hold me to this because this is off the top of my head, but I I believe last year when when that version came out, people discovered that like there was some sort of 4K support in the new docks, like the dock was a little bit different with that that system. So there is evidence to support that. Again, this is not coming from my reporting. This is coming from my colleagues, but I trust my colleagues. so they have since reported that uh, Nintendo is still releasing the thing probably at the end of this year. Um, I don't think the Zelda delay is related because I could see them launching the Switch Pro. I actually think that Xenoblade 3 is one of the games mm. they really want to show off with mm-hmm. the Switch Pro because that seems like the type of game that would really benefit from like the big resolution, yeah. high resolution on your on your computer or whatever, on your TV. Yeah. Um, Personally, as someone who only plays in handheld mode, I really don't care, and I'm like, I'm I'm fine with the OLED version, but uh, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be cool to have something that runs. The other thing to consider is that from uh, the sense that I've gotten, I don't know, I could be wrong. The sense I've gotten from reading the reports, this is not from talking to people. This is from like me just reading and and having the same info that everyone else does. Um, is that they wouldn't want to put exclusive games that are just like only playable right. on the Switch Pro, which means that it's not like they're suddenly gonna be like oh yeah gta 6 is running on this thing it's gonna be like oh yeah you can get a little a resolution bump if you play (laughs) xenoblade 3 on this thing as opposed to the 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 older hardware so to me it's not that exciting i'm i'm much more interested in seeing what uh the switch 2 is what their successor is whatever whenever that comes along and whatever that looks like because if you think about it i mean breath of the wild 2 is coming exactly six years after Breath of the Wild 1 yes. and the Switch release. And six years is pretty typical for yep. like a Nintendo hardware cycle. In fact, the Wii U is only five years. Granted, that was a big failure, so yeah. they, they cut it short. But uh, but still, I, I think that like it, we're approaching the time when Nintendo typically um, reveals or starts hinting at a brand new piece of hardware. And uh, personally, I feel like if they do not make it backwards compatible with the Switch, if they don't make it sort of like similar to the Switch and play right. Switch games, then they are setting themselves up for such a big failure. Big but failure. yeah, we'll see. I'm very curious about that. 
Maybe with the Switch 2, you know, Pokemon Arceus can finally run at, you know, 28 frames per second instead of 20. <laughs> I have a, I have a, I have a long-standing frustration with with Nintendo's first party and uh close partners on Switch. It's it's very frustrating. But yeah. Oh man, yeah. That that's the game. Every time I see I haven't played it, but every time I see a screenshot of it, I'm like, "Oh my god, how it's, is this real in the the, it's, the year of our Lord 2022?" It's fun. It's like it's a breath breath of fresh air to the genre. Like I'm not a big Pokémon head, so it's like I bounce off of those all the time, but Arceus like kind of got me in, but I'm I'm still like I don't understand how these games look like this in 2022. Um Yeah, it's Wild. It's, it's wild. Um, all right. Those those were the two big things I think we kind of half expected to to drop this week. Uh, uh something I didn't expect was uh Activision Blizzard stepping in it again. Uh actually I should have expected that, but I didn't expect quite <laughs> this angle. Um they announced uh internally that they are basically lifting their vaccination mandates for COVID-19 effective immediately uh for I believe all of their offices. And other U.S. offices, uh, all yeah. of their U.S. offices. Yes. Um, this was, uh, you know, not well received, I would say, by a lot of folks. <laughs> it was, no, it was not. Um, you know, something that's been interesting about Activision Blizzard is um, when I started my career like 13, 12, 13 years ago, um, social media of game developers was the most like flat anodyne thing because nobody wanted to say anything. Nobody would ever, ever dare criticize or say anything that's like, that was even slightly off kilter um, or else they might be featured in an article. There might be some, (laughs) some crazy like, like NeoGAF thread or whatever. Um, And they certainly would not criticize their own employers. Um, But over the past few years, something's changed and people have felt a lot more empowered to speak out about their bosses and their companies. Um, and I think that's really cool. And we've especially, I, I've seen a lot of that um, over the past few hours and since last night when that vaccine mandate our article uh, email went out to employees. I've yeah. seen a lot of people being like, man, fuck this. Like, hey, any recruiters around? And just yeah. being an open, open revolt against the company, which really started last summer with a lawsuit and has been uh, going ever since. But people just feel empowered in a way they've never felt before. And I think that's super cool to see. Um, but yeah, as for the news, it, it sucks for for those people who are like, man, um, especially people who are like immunocompromised or feel like they right. are susceptible and now they're going to get pressured to go into the office. And on top of that, there's no more vaccine mandate. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was some of the spin, I feel like, internally was like, you know, well, there's some local governments that are basically saying we can't do this anymore, like in Texas. Mm-hmm. Of course, Greg Abbott is basically saying, like, you know, no businesses can really enforce this kind of thing anymore. Um, so we got to, we got to, you know, lift it for everyone. And I, I feel mm-hmm. like that's such a, I don't know. That's such a bozo kind of response to something like that. But um, well, these are people. I mean, the people. The guy who sent out this email, Brian Bellotto, yeah. uh, used to work in the Trump administration. Yeah. There's most of Bobby Kotick's kind of exec layer is exactly um, people who would agree politically with Greg Abbott. So uh, not shocking to it's see. Not shocking. It's kind of par for the course. Um, yeah, and then they've just been facing on you know a brand new lawsuit last week uh, filed in L.A. Uh, Superior Court, I believe, uh, from a Jane Doe. Mm-hmm. A lot of the same stuff. Uh, IT department at Activision Blizzard, bro culture. Um, they, they this this stuff is not slowing down for Activision Blizzard. At also, all. a settlement this week. They actually put an end to one of the suits they right. were facing from the EEOC. Unbelievable. Where is the bottom of this? Have we have yeah. we have we found the bottom yet? 
No, it's a good question. I, I, I don't know. I certainly think so. I mean, I think the bottom was them reaching the point where it was so untenable for Bobby Kotick to continue as CEO that he had to sell the company. Um, and then the question is, what's going to happen next? I think the thing I'm keeping an eye on is how the FTC is going to handle the merger and if they're going to try right. to put up a big fight and put an end to this thing, because uh, that will be extremely interesting. There's a lot of kind of anti-big tech energy in the air across both sides of the yeah. political aisle. Um, so it wouldn't be incredibly surprising to see them be like, hey, we want to use this as an example. Uh, uh, we want to make a scapegoat out of them and and put an end to this merger to show that we care about like these big tech monopolies. And uh, yeah, I think there, there's, there's, I think some people are certainly assuming that this will be a sure thing and it'll go through because precedent has shown us right. that like all of these big mergers, the DOJ has not been interested in stopping any, or they, they haven't been able to successfully stop any of them, AT&T, Time Warner and all the others. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't think it's a sure thing. Uh, I'm certainly keeping an eye on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it seems like a big development. I don't think it's as big as a slam dunk like some of the other major mergers we've seen. So yeah. Um, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. Uh, also dropping this week is the expected, and it's not, is it, I don't even know if it's news because they didn't even really commit to this in the first place, but the ESA is saying, okay, yeah, there's no physical E3 event. Of course, we knew that. And now there's no digital event. It's just totally kaput. Um, have we seen the last of E3? Um, I don't know if we've seen the last of E3. Um, yeah. History shows us that when E3 has kind of been at its lowest point and taken breaks, it's always come back. Yeah. So, um, because there there have been incidents like this in the past, they they switched to um, they moved to Santa Monica for a bit. They were like E for all for at one point, and they always wind up bouncing back in some way or another. Yeah. Um, I do think that like the they're a mess and their organization yeah. is just a disaster and <laughs> just needs some overhauling. Um, so maybe they'll do that and and maybe they'll, they'll come back in full force next year. But certainly certainly an end to E three this year. And um, despite their comments, so they canceled it in January. And despite uh, it's funny the sequence of events. I don't know if a lot of people remember this, but what happened was there was this kind of it was a random night and there was an article by Dean Takahashi on. Venture beat saying like the ESA says that because of Omicron, they're canceling E3. And it was kind of strange because it was January and Omicron was like peaking and about to start dropping. And right. it, it seemed very strange. And then um, IGN's Rev Valentine uh, came out with a story that was like, uh, oh, yes, I've been actually working on this. Uh, and here's a, and, and it turns out E3 is like kind of a mess and they were canceling anyway, aside from this. And the, it was kind of the real story. And it turned out that the ESA just trying to plant this yeah. kind of friendly, user friendly reporter to try to plant their own mm -hmm. PR version of events where they're like, oh, it's COVID. But it was not COVID. It was E3 was planning on canceling anyway. They were they were a mess. They were not getting the support they needed. Um, so yeah, that that institution is just kind of a disaster, that organization. And um, I think they will need a lot of a lot of shaping up um, to have a successful event next year. We've already seen a lot of game companies pulling out or losing interest or not putting their full force behind E3 anymore. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it will look like or if it can really exist, but we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I will miss the hell out of E3 just because I love going to LA every year and seeing people sure. and like reporting and networking and stuff. So for me personally, it's, it's a bigger blow to those of us who used it as a professional event than it is to like, gamers who will not yeah. it will not make a difference to i it, it was such an event that was for getting in a space with a bunch of colleagues that you respect and friends that you know and 
kind of excitement around the things that you all cover professionally. And, and that was exciting and fun. And I will miss that. Um, yep. it, it, yeah, Jeff Keeley's done a victory lap online about kind of what's coming instead, which is summer games fest. I, I, I am one of those people hesitant to celebrate necessarily the death of E3 when it's being replaced by just yet another series of advertisements for the games industry. <laughs> um, what do you see? Let's, let's say the, let's say E3 is toast. What, what do you kind of see for the future of, um, you know, the long future of kind of games conventions and showcases? Yeah. So I think that that's kind of, uh, uh, there's a point of confusion around E3, and that's because there are two E3s. Um, yeah. One E3 is the part that Keeley is replacing, the the trailer, hype fest, advertisement yeah. central part. And that part, anyone can do at any time. Like yes. that, we absolutely do not need E3 for. The other part, the convention part, that's what I was kind of talking about earlier, um, where where I say that I'm going to miss like going out there every year and networking and stuff. That is very difficult to replace because there's yeah. a lot of like energy at E3. There's a lot of just kind of happenstance meetings like I've heard anecdotes about people striking business deals just because they happen to run into each yep. other at E3 in a, or they in a hotel to, lobby or in a hotel like, lobby yeah, yeah yep. like uh, the the Marriott bar um, yeah. right next to LA Live is where a lot of a lot of hot deals get done yep. a lot of scoops get traded um, so yeah so that that sort of thing cannot be replicated and Keeley's advertisement fest is absolutely not going to replicate <laughs> that um, so to me, I'm way less interested in the first part and way more interested in the second part. Um, the first part, like Nintendo and Sony have already been doing their own versions of that yeah. for years with their Nintendo directs and state of plays and Keeley puts on his show every year. And, and none of that is super interesting to me. It's like, right. yes. Okay, great. Trailers for new games. Like it's exciting. It's always fun to be surprised and like see new stuff, but that's just ads right yep. and there's nothing valuable about it from uh uh in any sense really like yeah. a, they might call it a celebration of video games or whatever but it's just really a celebration of advertisements mm-hmm. um yeah yeah the networking part i hope somebody replaces and i don't think it would be keely i think it would be more like a professional organization being like okay well e3 might be gone but maybe we'll put on some other big event that's like a, a games trade show that is maybe less about the announcements and the big sh- hype sizzle reels and more about the going and connecting with people and meeting people and stuff like that, sort of more like a GDC type thing. So I'm hoping we get that. I could not care less about the the, the advertisement <laughs> part. Like we'll get those trailers at some point. Yeah, we'll get E3 them anyway. Or yeah. in the middle of August, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, hope, I hope that aspect of it is replaced at some point because – uh, I miss it. I mean, it's like, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, having in-person stuff is still fraught with a lot of, uh, worries about COVID of course, but it's like, I think once those things clear up and, and everyone feels good about being out again, I, I do miss that aspect of it. I really do. Yeah. I was at GDC last week and it was interesting. Um, yeah. definitely some caution, definitely smaller scale than previous GDCs yeah. had been. Um, but yes, I also really missed that and was glad to be able to capture it for, for a few days. For sure. Uh, all right, that's that's it for news. I just want to know what what have you been uh, playing lately? What am I playing? Oh man, yeah. what am I not playing? I'm I I like dabble with everything. Yeah. Um, now that I, I finished Elden Ring a couple of weeks ago, so I was like free of the curse. That free had, of had, the curse uh, of, the, of one of the best day. games in recent memory. Yes. Um, I'm playing Tunic at the moment, uh, which is adorable. Yep. Um, I just downloaded Weird West, so I'm going to check that out. Soon. Awesome. Yeah. 
Um, and I also just downloaded Chrono Cross uh, to my Switch, so I'm also playing that. And I, uh, I'm I'm also playing the Chrono Cross remaster on Switch. It's an it interesting. Is, it's an interesting one to revisit. It's. I mean, yeah, it's very interesting. It's very cool that they packed Radical Dreamers into that. So. Um, that's actually the first time that I've gotten to play that, even though I've watched playthroughs of it, which is not that interesting. But um, mm. but uh, yeah, that's a fun one. Jason, I really appreciate your time and you coming on the show. This has been a blast. Sure. What do you got to plug? Um, what do I got to plug? Well, yeah. if you uh, enjoy, if, if people out there enjoy listening to me talk, you can hear me talk every week on the Triple Click podcast with my buddies, Kirk Hamilton and Maddie Myers. Um, we talk about video games every week. It's very fun. And uh, yeah, otherwise, um, yeah, go to Bloomberg.com. Should I promote Bloomberg.com? Bloomberg News, your place. Go, Everyone go buy a Bloomberg terminal. It's only $32,000 a year. Um, and for that, you can have access to all the breaking financial news and analysis. Uh, uh, here's a plug for the Bloomberg terminal. <laughs> Get it now. <laughs> Get it now, folks. Michael Bloomberg will really appreciate that. Um, good old Mike. Good old <laughs> All right, Jason, I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, John. Hey, thanks again to Jason Schreier for hanging out and talking to me about some stuff. Let's do a little bit of cleanup from that conversation. I didn't get into the details, but the PlayStation Plus tiers that they announced, basically the PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now services are going to be combined under one umbrella starting in June. And those three tiers of service will give you different things at different price points. Uh, let's go through what those uh, tiers actually look like. One is the PlayStation Plus Essential. If you are currently a PlayStation Plus member, this is basically the thing that you'll be grandfathered into. It's $9.99 a month. It's $60 a year. For Europe and the United Kingdom and Japan, that's different. So look it up depending on where you live. Uh, you basically get two monthly downloadable games, exclusive discounts, cloud storage for saved games, online multiplayer access. Remember, you need PlayStation Plus to some degree to play online games. This is basically how you would do that. Uh, there are basically no changes for existing PlayStation Plus members at that at that essential level. PlayStation Plus Extra that goes up to fifteen bucks a month or a hundred bucks a year. So that's more on par with your uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate uh, tier um, provides all the benefits from the first one, but you also get a catalog of up to 400. I love this about the marketing material. It says up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including some blockbusters. Those blockbusters, by the way, we did learn include games like Death Stranding, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, uh, Mortal Kombat 11, and Returnal. So not bad. That's not a bad slate of games. Uh, again, that's 15 bucks a month or hundred bucks a year. And then there's the PlayStation plus premium. It's the highest tier. Basically you get everything that I already mentioned, but you also get up to 340 additional games on PS3 via cloud streaming. They've still not figured out emulation for PS3 and they never will. Uh, and a catalog of, uh, classic games from PS1, PS2 and PSP. Uh, you can also get some of those as download, uh, options as well as streaming. So that's good. 
this tier is basically the replacement for PlayStation Now. Uh, so it off basically offered a streaming access for the PS2, PSP, PS1, and PS4 games that are offered in the previous ones. Those will all be available via cloud streaming, which is basically the PS Now service. There will also be game trials, time-limited game trials. So not sure why that's a premium service. That should just kind of be standard, I feel like. But if you're interested in this one, it's 18 bucks a month or 120 bucks a year. And there's also a secret fourth tier for those that don't have cloud streaming in the market. Uh, PlayStation Plus Deluxe will be basically a little bit lower price than premium and will uh, include some downloadable games from the PS1, PS2, and PSP. So if you live outside the cloud streaming market, you'll have this different tier available to you and that's what you'll have because you don't have access to, to cloud streaming and that's okay. Not everyone's got great internet on my Tuesday stream, which is connected to this show. It's Tuesday morning. The show, it is every Tuesday morning at 10 30 Eastern over at twitch.tv slash fanbite. Um, you can, you can hear us talk about, you know, early, early week news. You can see me play some video games this past week on the show. I did talk about this with uh, Nikki Grayson, our brand editor plus, and yeah, neither Nikki or I could figure out who this is really for, especially that middle tier. Seems like the middle tier is basically designed to be skipped over in lieu of the premium service. It doesn't really compete apples to apples with Xbox Game Pass, even though it'll always be mentioned kind of in the same breath. It's just kind of a weird service, and it's just kind of a weird time to be announcing that service, and it's kind of a weird thing that Jim Ryan has basically talked shit about Xbox Game Pass for a long time and then has done more or less the same thing as uh, as Phil Spencer in the Xbox group, although it's a little bit different. One key difference, like we mentioned in the Jason conversation, is that the day one games that Xbox Game Pass is now synonymous for uh, really won't, won't be showing up on the PlayStation uh, Plus service. Uh, so you'll, you can expect a pretty major delay between a big first-party title uh, release, like God of War Ragnarok, for example, and when it eventually comes to PlayStation Plus. In fact, they didn't even carve out any sort of timeline for when that might happen. Uh, God of War came out in 2018, and that's going to be one of those games on the service day one, but it's years old, like we said. So it's just an interesting approach to this kind of uh, subscription model, and we will see how it does. We also mentioned uh, the other story in the Activision Blizzard uh, uh, saga this week that really broke is that they finally settled with the EEOC for $18 million as part of that longstanding case. Uh, that settlement um, is going to require that Activision Blizzard do the following to comply uh, with the terms. Uh, one is creating an $18 million fund to compensate eligible uh, claimants on the on the case itself. Uh, they have to continue enhancing uh, policies, practices, and training to prevent harassment and discrimination in the workplace, including by implementing an expanded performance review system. Those improvements are apparently underway. Uh, engage a neutral third-party equal op employment opportunity consultant, a non-employee who must be approved by the EEOC, who will provide 
provide ongoing oversight of the company's compliance with the agreement. This independent consultant's findings will be reported directly to the EEOC and Activision Blizzard's board of directors. That's a pretty important one, especially because it's got to be approved by the EEOC. Of course, Activision Blizzard has hired you know union-busting law, law firms and very conservative law firms to deal with some of these things in the past. Now the EEOC has to approve this person who's going to be independently investigating their progress. And finally, hiring an internal EEO coordinator with relevant experience in gender discrimination, harassment, and related retaliation to assist the company. Uh, that person is Stacey Jackson, and uh, that they they began in that position on March 16th. So, yes, uh, there are other lawsuits uh, being uh, waged right now against Activision Blizzard and, of course, a lot of other problems, but this specific case seems to have come to a conclusion. Uh, speaking of a company facing troubles, uh, Phenomena, we reported last week, uh, is helmed by uh, uh, Robin Hunnicky, and uh, she was featured in that People Make Games video um, showcasing different indie studios uh, facing allegations of harassment and abuse. Uh, Chris Bratt, who uh, made that video, along with some other folks at People Make Games, uh, took to Twitter to announce that Phenomena will be closed at the end of the month. Contractors had been laid off already. I have a feeling this is not the end of the story and we'll have some more details to share at some point. But for now, that's where the uh, Phenomena saga is uh, coming to an end. I sure hope you got your fill of Fast and Furious Crossroads because it was delisted from PC, PS4, and Xbox One platforms uh, this past week. With basically no warning, no explanation, and yada, yada, yada. We have reached out to Bandai Namco to ask about why this is. We can only speculate. I'm going to assume it's a licensing issue. The game was not well received. If you recall, at the Game Awards in 2019, this was the big one more thing uh, showcase at the end of the entire show. So they made a really big deal out of it. It was not a very good game, and now it's delisted from the stores it was once on. Whew. Uh, speaking of a game that is leaving a collection online, uh, Persona 5 used to be one of the games you could get for free on PS4 uh, with the PlayStation Plus uh, subscription. Now it is being taken off the service on May 11th. So you only really have now until May 11th to grab that game. But here is the rub. You really should just be playing Persona, Persona 5 Royal anyway. That is the upgraded ultimate edition of that game. It's the best version of the game, and you should definitely check that out. But if you don't want that and you don't want to spend the money for it, which I get, Persona 5 is going to be on PlayStation Plus only until May 11th. The New Game Plus Expo is a relatively new entrant into the uh, video games showcase spectacle. That has joined the ranks over the past couple of years. It usually focuses on Japanese developers. It just happened. A ton of stuff was announced and discussed, so I won't go into all of it or really at all here. In fact, I'm going to invite you to go over to read Kenneth Shepard's great roundup of it over at fanbyte.com. A lot of ground was covered very quickly, so please go check that out as soon as you can. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV uh, is getting a, a new 6.1 patch at, when they're calling it a newfound adventure. Uh, and it's supposedly going to start bridging the gap between the Inwalker saga and whatever is coming next. Uh, maybe some hints 
as to what, what that'll be. Uh, we have a bunch of new pieces over at fanbyte.com in the link shell. Link shell is our vertical for all things Final Fantasy 14, which is a great place. A few new pieces uh, that got a new uh, trailer up for patch 6.1. Uh, a lot of cool new stuff coming for that game over the next little while. So uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, the 6.1 patch will launch uh, very soon on April 12th. Uh, and that, yeah, that, that's about it for the roundup. Um, let's get you ready for uh, next week's games. Quarter one of 2022 was incredibly busy for game releases. Q2 is a little slower, at least so far, but this coming week has got some bangers in it, so I want to catch you up with what is coming out. Uh, on April 5th, we have LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. This game has been in development for quite some time. It follows all nine of the main uh, Star Wars films from the Skywalker saga, of course. Uh, and that's going to be on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, what I've seen in this game is really fun. Uh, if you like those Lego Star Wars games or any games really in the Lego canon, uh, there's a lot to like here. A lot of collectibles, a lot of exploration, a lot of humor. It's very light. It's very silly. If you like that kind of thing, there's a lot to play here. So you will want to check this out and we'll have some coverage of it over at fanbyte.com. Uh, also on April 5th is MLB The Show 22. That's the brand new series in the longstanding Sony series, uh, Sony sports franchise. It used to only be on PlayStation, but now it's branching out uh, as it branched out to Xbox last year. It's now on Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, PlayStation 5 and 4, of course. But now for the first time ever, it's going to be out for the Nintendo Switch. That is coming on April 5th. Very exciting for baseball fans just in time for the new season. Uh, on April 7th, we have Chinatown Detective Agency. That's a point-and-click adventure game for Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, we have uh, the Chrono Cross Radical Dreamers Edition. That's super exciting. Also on April 7th, that's PlayStation 4, Switch, Xbox One, and PC. Godfall Ultimate Edition uh, is coming to PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, but now Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One as well as PC. The only thing I really remember about this game, honestly, is how much Merit did not like it um, <laughs> when it came out for PlayStation 5 as a launch title. Um, I don't know if anything has really improved since then. This did not get super high reviews anywhere. It's kind of like a melee looter shooter uh but here's what i know about the ultimate edition it has the base game the fire and darkness expansion uh it's got pre-order cosmetic packs um it's unlocked the ascended i don't know what those things mean if you like godfall and you know what those things mean then this game is branching out into other uh other uh, platforms aside from playstation on april 7th so awesome uh, Sherlock Holmes, The Devil's Daughter is coming to Nintendo Switch on April 7th. Slipstream is coming to PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, and Switch on April 7th. And finally, The House of the Dead Remake is coming to Nintendo Switch on April 7th. Expect some coverage of that game on fanbyte.com. 
Uh, let's talk about uh, Xbox Game Pass. We know two things are coming to Xbox Game Pass uh, as of this recording uh, on in the month of April. One is uh, MLB The Show 22. That's huge. It's coming to many platforms, but if you're already a uh, Xbox Game Pass subscriber, you can get MLB The Show 22 day one on April 5th. Same goes for Chinatown Detective Agency on April 7th. So whether you're into sports or point-and-click adventure games, Xbox Game Pass has you covered. Uh, games for Gold is still a thing uh, as of now. You can still get games if you are part of the Xbox Live Gold or the Xbox Ult- Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, the uh, the the one of the games that is out uh, now, but only until April fifteenth, is called Outpost Coloki X. It's kind of a space station tycoon like game. Uh, there's also another game later uh, available later in the month on April 16th called Hue, which is a uh, it's like a cool little platformer. It came out, I think it was like seven years ago at this point. Um, and it you can ha- use use colors and things to change uh, to change elements in the world. It's like a little puzzle platformer. It's fun. Uh, I, think, I think it was actually eight years ago. Yeah, 20, 20, no, sorry, six years ago. I can't do math. It was six years ago. The other game that's coming out on April 16th, but it'll only be available until April 30th is MX versus ATV Alive. It's basically an off-roading game that is uh, more than a decade old. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. What, I, I don't know who, who who games for gold is for. I really don't. Uh, PlayStation Plus is getting uh, free games in April, of course, like they always do. Uh, that that tradition will continue with those three tiered models that Jim Ryan detailed er, earlier this week. Uh, there are three games that we have to tell you about. One is Hood by Sumo Digital. It is a PvPvP multiplayer game. It's over on PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. Uh, the game launched uh, about a year ago uh, in May 2021. It's got a medieval setting. Um, it looks interesting. If you want to check it out, you can get it get it for free uh, on, in, on April 5th. Uh, also available is Slay the Spire. That is on PlayStation 4. It is a very addictive uh, deck building roguelite uh and you should probably check it out if you've never checked it out and you like those games that's definitely a good one of those uh and finally it is square uh spongebob squarepants battle for bikini bottom rehydrated that is uh a playstation 4 game uh and that's uh it's you know it's not great. It's not great. It has really not changed a lot from its 2003 uh, original release for PS2, Xbox, and GameCube. There's a lot of nostalgia and love for this game. Uh, but yeah, um, until April 4th, you can still get March's games. That's Arc Survival Evolved, Team Sonic Racing, Ghost Runner, and Ghost of Tsushima Legends. Uh, I think those are better games than the slate that's out in April, but you can still grab them. Uh, if you're listening to this, the day it comes out, April 3rd, grab it. You can also grab it on Monday, April 4th. After that, you are uh, a little bit out of luck. Sorry. Uh, that's it for games. That's it for, uh, there's a lot of stuff to, to go over at the beginning of the month always, which is exciting. Um, but what's to watch? I mentioned severance last week. I'm going to mention it again. I think this is one of the best shows on TV, quote unquote TV right now. Uh, it's over on Apple plus that is a platform. I do not use a whole lot, but severance is a really good show. Sci-fi thriller, uh, workplace drama. 
kind of got all of that um, and uh, really good performances from from some folks. So definitely check that out. And uh, yeah, that's that's it for this week. That is going to do it for this week's episode. I want to thank my guest, Jason Schreier, for stopping by, pouring one out for E3, talking about Breath of the Wild 2 getting delayed, even dropping a hint about the Switch 2. Love that. Uh, thanks again to Jason. If you want to follow Jason, you can do so at Jason Schreier over on Twitter. Uh, if you want to follow my excellent producer, Paul, you can follow Paul over at Polymayo. Paul also uh, produces other podcasts on this network as well as J uh, Jordan Mallory, our other excellent producer. You can find all of them at uh, fanpite.com slash podcasts. They're all excellent. Um, and I think you should, uh, you know what? And, and for this podcast, especially, you should go and tell a friend about it. You should uh, drop a review and a rating over on Apple Podcasts. It helps us, helps us out a lot. Uh, it really does. I know every podcast says that and every podcast means it. It actually is the best way for us to climb the charts, maybe get some sponsors. I don't know. I mean, I just want to I want to take over the podcasting world. What can I say? If you want to follow me, you can do so at Floppy Adult. I'm, I'm not a bad follow on Twitter either. Uh, our website, Fanbyte at Fanbyte Media, is also a great follow because you get to see all the links of our excellent stuff that we post over on the website. Uh, we also have a Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Fanbyte, uh, where we stream almost every single weekday. And uh, we're having a blast watching Merritt play through Elden Ring right now every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We have some other stuff. We have a great uh, Crusader Kings 3 stream. It's really good stuff. So we have a lot of stuff across a lot of different platforms. Uh, if you want to catch up with all of it kind of at once, uh, our Discord, fanbyte.casa, is a great place to kind of see everything. There are channels for each podcast. There are channels for just discussion. There's channels for our video content. It's a really great place. Oh, there's also a pets channel where everybody just posts really adorable uh, pictures and videos of their pets. It's the best place on the internet. No one knows about it yet but it's the best place. That's fanbyte.casa, C-A-S-A. -A. Uh, all right, folks, until next week, you're welcome.